Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. We've been working on a series of understanding God, who is God, what does it mean that God is one, why did God create the world? And that brings me to the next layer of this. I feel like I'm building up a, hopefully what is ultimately going to be a solid foundation in really understanding God. Uh, and that brings me to the question of how involved is God in the world? And this both has a philosophical side of it, of trying to understand how involved is God in the world? But very practically in my life, I often do wonder, you know, God created a system world. And in my personal life, is that part of this system of nature that God created? And God has just, you know, created the system? Or is God actually involved, aware, to some degree, orchestrating the details of the world and my life and how things are panning out today? So that's the big question that I really do want to ask you and lay before you today, Rabbi Aaron. How involved is God in the world that he created? Excellent question. A really important question. So there's a difference of opinion uh, in our tradition, which I'm going to, uh, by the end of my my uh, sharing, I, I want to resolve. There's the Maimonides, Rambam, who says that um, there is what's called Hashkacha Klalit, uh, general providence, which is the nature runs according to a system that has been set up, uh, a program that has been initially set up and does not require the uh, involvement of God all the time, although Judaism does say that God creates the world and recreates the world every second. Uh, but in terms of the running of the world, the world has a program. When it comes to an individual, there's something called Hashgacha Pratit, which is individual providence. And individual providence is not something guaranteed that we can all rely on. It's, uh, it is something that you need to merit. And uh, if you don't merit it, then you are part of the program of nature. And it could be that's what's happening to you right now is not the individual providence of God, but it might just be, you know, what what comes up when in in is when you're when you're in the game of nature. And he says that a person can merit through their, you know, through developing themselves uh, and uh, in their character development in their practice and loyalty to living the, uh, the the will of God, and they're able to become more um, receptive uh, and more blessed with individual providence. And I don't know how one would know, like, oh, that's, you know, God-sent, or that's just what I can expect in the world of nature. The Baal Shem Tov, however, has a completely different position the Baal Shem Tov was the founder of the Hasidic movement, and he, based on Kabbalah, now the Rambam did not have Kabbalah access as far as we know. He was not influenced, and apparently he didn't know of the Kabbalah or didn't have access to it anyways. But the, the uh, Baal Shem Tov, uh, guided by the teachings of Kabbalah, he says that everything is individual providence. In other words, even a leaf, the, the moment it leaves the tree and begins to make its way down to the ground, and even the circular path it takes, and even the time it takes, 
and even where it lands. That is all the perfect design and will of God. And, uh, and, and so too in our lives that everything that's happening to us is the will of and the direct providence of God. Very, very different approaches. Uh, each one having psychologically a, an advantage or a disadvantage. I, I can imagine the, uh, the advantage of, of accepting the Rambam's position. Because when a person's going through a very painful time, would I prefer to feel that, listen, this is just nature? Or do I want to think that this is heaven sent and this is the providence of God? On the other hand, if I believe it's the providence of God, then I, I, I believe that this is therefore happening only in my best interest. Whereby if this is happening by the, na- by, by, by the hand of nature, then it's just, uh, you know, something that happened naturally. Uh, you know, I slipped on a banana peel because there was a banana peel there and I happened to step on it and I fell. Uh, you know, or did I step on it? You know, I could have missed it, and that was the providence of God. I could have, I, I could have not slipped, even if I did step on it. If I did slip, I could have fallen. You know, uh, you know, in in a very light way, and not, you know. So, but but um, the question there is: Are these two positions simply contradicting each other? And um, I heard from a great rabbi, contemporary rabbi, Rabbi Avinair, that really the Rambam is talking about how things look from our perspective, and the Baal Shem Tov is talking about how things look from God's perspective. From God's perspective, the, 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 the Baal Shem Tov is telling us that every single detail is perfectly designed. We are living in a perfectly divine, designed universe. And everything that happens is exactly what has to happen. And uh, and from God's point of view, he's completely in control and he knows what he's doing. And we are not part of some kind of program, but providence. Uh, however, the Rambam is talking from our perspective. Do we see that? We often don't see that. Can we make sense of everything that happens in our lives? Very often, no. We, we can't. It, it feels random. A lot of our lives feel random. And a lot of times it feels like we're under the influence of chaos. And, uh, and it just, just happened. Um, and, I, and I think um, I remember years ago, I met a woman whose son was diagnosed with a chronic disease, a fatal disease, and they didn't give him much time to live. And uh, she told me that she does not believe in God. She said, I would rather believe that this is just bad luck than heaven sent. And at the time, I I thought, uh, I struggled with that. I thought, wouldn't a person prefer to feel that there's meaning to what's going on in their life and that there's some kind of purpose and Someday, maybe someday they'll understand why this happened and how this was in the best interest. Of course, it makes no sense now. How could, how could anybody entertain that concept? But, but at least thinking that this is from God, I'm, I'm not under the control of randomness. She said, I'd rather believe that this is simply bad luck than, you know, something providentially given to us by God, that God is doing this to me. 
And, uh, and I, sometimes I can understand how she feels about that. You know, like what God is punishing me. I'm so bad, but uh, I still think there's a greater advantage to believing that whatever's happening is happening for a reason and a purpose. And in my, in my best interest, I, you know, I have a friend who's had a very, very difficult life and really oscillates between believing in God, not believing in God, loving God, hating God. Uh, he has a, a roller coaster of beliefs. And I said to him, listen, you know, Joe, these are your choices. You can either believe that the universe was an accident, an explosion, and the challenges and the pain in your life has zero meaning whatsoever. It is just the product of chaos. But when you think that thought, how does that make you feel? He said, wow, that makes me feel horrible and depressed. I said, okay, well, you could choose to believe that, um, you know, that uh, there is a God. He created this world, but got tired of it and abandoned it. And we're really on a ship without a captain in a stormy sea. And there's zero, zero guarantee we're going to get anywhere. How does that make you feel when you think that thought? He says, oh, my gosh, hopeless and scared. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, you could choose to believe that there is a God. God created the world, created you, and hates you and loves to torture you. And what you're going through is just God's, you know, sadistical hobby. <laughs> How does that make you feel when you think of that thought? He said, oh, my gosh, that devastated. I don't think I could get out of bed in the morning thinking that thought. I said, okay, you could choose to believe that it is all perfect divine design that God knows what he's doing, although we don't understand what he's doing. There's purpose to what you're going through. And someday, maybe not in this life, maybe in the afterlife, you will understand that it was all and only, only in your best interest for the good. And when you think that thought, how does that make you feel? And he said, well, it gives me hope to go on. And I said, okay, look at I didn't, I'm not trying to prove there's a God with what I'm saying. I'm just demonstrating that what you believe is determining the quality of your life and how you're going to get up in the morning and how well you're going to be able to keep moving in your life. A friend once said to me, when you're going through hell, keep walking, you know? So uh, I think people need to understand that the, that the greatest choice in your life and the most influential choice in our lives is what we choose to believe. And, uh, of course, we can't believe something that's completely unrealistic and something that's completely unreasonable and, and illogical. But just as much as the atheist cannot prove there is no God and the believer can't prove there is a God, but we can prove that one who believes in God does have a better life and is able to cope with problems much better. So I believe that everything is perfect design. And I believe that God is involved in every, every single detail of my life. Hmm. So I have a question, because when it comes to believing in God's existence, of course, there's many people that don't believe, but I feel like there's a much more solid presentation of all the reasons why we believe there has to be a God who created the world. And then obviously there has to be belief. There is that point of you can't know for sure as much as God is reality, but okay, you have to take that leap but based on a lot of foundations of knowledge and, and valid points. But when it comes to the belief that God, how 
involved God is in our actual lives and in the world, to a great degree, there's much more of a jump because even in the Torah itself, is it not clearly stated how, I mean, it says God created the world. That's clear. But how involved is God in the world in a day-to-day kind of fashion? There definitely is much more of a leap of faith in terms of what we believe, even though as you're actually explaining it, it's to our benefit to believe that God's very involved in the world. But in terms of, you know, is he or is he not? How much can we really know that? There's there's a lot of faith there. I, but I think there's a lot of experience. Uh, I think uh, many of us can look back at our lives and be shocked how it seems to be. I know I feel that my life is is, is being written by a master playwright. You know that I. You know it's like how I met my wife and and how I ended up in Israel and how I ended up in the position I'm in and the organization I run. It's like uh, this, this, I just experientially experienced the hand of God in my life and uh, not always in, in the pleasant experiences either. It's like, there is this sense that within the painful times, there's these glimpses of like design and order to it all and purpose to it all. So uh, I, I think experientially, a lot of us can uh, look back at our lives and see a tremendous amount of providence, a lot of uh, extraordinary circumstances. And so some people could call it, uh, you know, uh, just luck. How many times does luck have to happen before it turns into maybe there's a pattern going on over here? See, see, I look at my finger and I realize it is a perfect piece of engineering, just my finger. And then when I think about one eyeball, besides having two eyeballs and, and, and the, in the ingenious contraption my eyeball is, or my father, sadly, the last seven years of his life had to do dialysis. And I would accompany him sometimes to the hospital and the machine that they were able to build and was a, quite a large, you know, piece that was replacing a kidney and my father would have to sit there for hours and thinking that 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 machine is replicating this little thing in my in my body i don't know to me everything is seems so everywhere i turn i see so much perfect design i don't see why i should assume that my life is any less perfectly designed as my eyeball or my fingers or my kidney or my heart or my lungs and so therefore, I think when you look at the world, again, a person has to make a choice. It's not a conclusion. This is not two plus two equals four. This is a reasonable choice. I choose to believe that I live in a universe that is a perfect divine design. Now, are there things that are happening in the universe that really seem out of whack and, and, and doesn't seem to be part of any design at all? Yes, absolutely. But the everyday things you look at are just just shockingly ingenious. You know, I I was sitting with my son today. He's 22 years old. And suddenly I realized he came from nowhere. <laughs> Here's this 20 year old boy who's got, you know, great wisdom and insight and tremendous talents. And once upon a time, he didn't exist. Where did he come from? You know, Big Bang. I mean, I don't know. To me, it takes a lot of blind faith to believe in Big Bang. And also, I think it takes a lot of blind faith to look at this world and not see so much incredible design. And even though, you know, I think we're all influenced and understandably so that when we look at when we watch the news or hear the news, 
the news reports only the bad things happening in the world. Uh, it's not going to report today. Uh, Miss Ossington just had a baby. You know, like that's, oh, yeah, sure, people have babies. But that's the point. The point is that what's newsworthy is something that's extreme, e- e- extraordinary and exceptional. And But since we're always listening to the news and it's almost always bad news, a friend of mine uh, worked in a news station and thought, hey, let's have every, t- every day like a last five minutes of good news. And it didn't fly. People didn't like hearing the good news. Mm-hmm. And so because we hear so much bad news, I think it makes us feel like we're on a ship with no captain. But I think there's a lot more good news. Yes, there are hospitals, but most people are not in there. You know, I'm thinking also the kind of relationship you have with God will really depend on your understanding of how involved is God in the world. Because if the understanding is God created the world, every, but everything is pretty much run by nature, then there isn't really this personal relationship with God, as opposed to the understanding that uh, God is involved in all the details of my life. Well, that's where that personal relationship comes in. Absolutely. I mean, how do you feel that you're living in the presence of God or you live? You feel you're living in the presence of Nature and what's happening to you is just nature's way, but not God's gift. So really, the way, as you're pointing out, you used the word a few times, I believe, the choice that we make and how we understand. Reality is what reality is, but the reality of God as reality is there. The way I choose to sense God in my life and in the details of my life will completely affect how that reality actually manifests itself in my life. That's right. I don't define reality. I can only do the best I can to understand reality. And the lenses that I view reality is my beliefs. And I have to take the responsibility to choose what I believe. And my beliefs have to be reasonable, but not conclusive. Wow. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Rabbi Aaron. A lot of food for thought, that is for sure. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page and don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. 
I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 